This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hello, welcome to Roar to Win. This is your host, Michelle Nagel. And today I have with me as my guest, Jenny Townsend, who has spent over a decade helping organizations of all shapes and sizes draw out their unique gold, allowing them to connect quickly with their ideal clients. Jenny now works with entrepreneurs and business owners to fully develop a compelling signature offer that speaks their client's language, then helps them craft a strategic webinar based on that offer. She also specializes in filling the virtual room once their webinar is complete. In addition to serving business owners and entrepreneurs as a strategy and growth consultant, Jenny is also an advisory board member for a legal tech startup that also serves growing businesses, Legacy Lucy or Legal Lucy. What is that? Legal Lucy. Lucy. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Her vision is all entrepreneurs living bigger lives, helping others see their potential and how to get there is a common thread found in her more recent career. So simple but powerful frameworks like Up Level Together, uh, Hashtag Business Class, Unsabotage, and her business consulting are a natural extension of her heart, wisdom, and talents. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm glad to be here. I really appreciate you um, (laughs) coming with all of the um, instances to prove our resilience today. We have a lot (laughs) of uh, technology issues going on. So I'm really grateful that we were able to figure that out. Absolutely. We were determined. (laughs) Definitely. And as you said, that means that this is going to be a really awesome episode. So I really appreciate that um, optimism as well. So you've already hit resilience and optimism today. (laughs) Very good. So um, Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. From your bio, you said that you've uh, helped people draw out their unique gold. What do you mean by that? So great question. I, so in my previous role, I ran a creative agency and we did a lot of branding and strategy. And um, especially in that role, I started to be able to pick out, okay, what makes this brand different? You know, it might be, I mean, we had a couple e-commerce clients. We had a couple restaurants. I mean, you know, how commoditized could a restaurant be, right? Mm-hmm, right. It was just like, how, what is their unique gold? And so we, you know, we capitalized on, for instance, business luncheons. That's where a huge amount of the revenue came in. So it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's speak the language of your ideal customer that's coming in and spending your ideal amount. Um, so it, that's an example, I guess, of, of finding and drawing out the unique gold, what separates them apart from their competition. So decommoditizing what businesses do and allowing them to make a really compelling offer to their best clients. Okay. So in my field, uh, which is coaching, there's, mm-hmm. uh, I live in Ashland, Oregon, and I pretty much often say that there's a coach under every rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So how important is it to be able to do what, to show what makes you unique? We are hit with, man, I've read research with varying numbers, but suffice it to say, we are hit with a couple hundred thousand messages a day. If you count things like everything that our, our brain takes in. So that could be a stop sign, that could be an ad, that could be Netflix, whatever. But we're constantly taking in information. And our brain just starts to like, all right, it swipes left, right? On, on things that, doesn't, that don't matter to us. Like, eh, that's not important, that's not important, that's not important. Like the brain doesn't have energy to actually ponder everything that comes our way. So if you can get out of that eh, commodity, don't need it, don't need it, don't need it, and like, wait a minute, oh, wow that coach is speaking my language. They understand me. It, mm-hmm. It's like if you're doing a Facebook ad, it stops the scroll, right? Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I need to pay attention to that. So I think it is the difference between um, a company that does okay and a company that thrives is being able to speak, um, to set themselves apart, to have that, that offer, speak the language of their ideal client. Um, it, yeah, it allows them to actually be found and heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what got you interested in webinars? If you actually used to do this in a different kind of a setting, why webinars? It's a great question. So when I was running that creative agency, a lot of our work was 
web design, graphic design, social media management, kind of that set. Mm -hmm. And then um, what, what I brought in was the, the strategic branding part. Um, but I remember the first time that this happened, it was, it was, oh, it was a defining moment as I look back. But mm -hmm. I realized I had booked our team out solid. I couldn't take on any more clients because it was all hourly work. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, we have, I have a couple more months before I can actually bring in any more revenue. I have capped out what I can make, what the business can make, what anyone else can make. This is it. Mm -hmm. And so we were working so hard too, you know, like all nighters every now and then. I mean, like for, so for the amount of work we were putting out and then to know that the revenue had been capped, at least for the next few months was, was the most deflating moment, you know, like I, I'm kind of one of those stereotypical builder chronic kind of entrepreneurs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always have to have something to shoot for. And it was just like, oh. And so it was during that time when I was just like, well, all right, like let's just, okay, let's let's get through this really busy season and then I'll be able to sell and build some more. Um, that I was I came across a webinar. And I don't know if you're familiar with um gentleman Ryan Dice. He, yes. he does okay, digital marketer. All right, it was one of his webinars. And it, um, it was about an email marketing course. I mean, it was probably by today's standards, very basic, but back then, wildly transformational. And I remember sitting there watching, it was about a full 90 minutes, and thinking to myself, this is it. I can figure out how to sell a higher ticket but high value item, one to many, online and then the fulfillment of it isn't me being hourly or my team being hourly it's leveraged as well it's like this is the solution this is how i escape this revenue or income cap and so from that point on i obsessed i registered for every webinar i could find i bought a couple webinar courses um and i just i knew i instinctively knew that this was the vehicle that would allow me to build the business of my dreams that didn't it, it wasn't the like oh i've created a job a really hectic job, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, I just knew that it was the way. So you have more uh, freedom as an entrepreneur doing it this way, where, whereas you were an entre entrepreneur before also. But it, um, the difference is the way you work. Exactly. It was just the model. In fact, until I'd found that webinar, I thought that I was falling out of love with marketing. Like, I was going to break up with it, you know, like maybe this just isn't, you know, what I thought it would be or that it would be the thing that would take me to where I wanted to go. But it's just like, oh, it's just the model. And that's oftentimes when I, when I talk to clients, um, if something's not working, it's usually just a quarter turn. You know, you don't usually have to throw away everything. Mm -hmm. Usually just a quarter turn, you know, speaking to resilience, I suppose, is, is sticking it out to find that quarter turn. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And I like how you tied that into resilience because um, it's sometimes if, when you get to the point of where you got uh, thinking, is this all there is? And that you had reached your income cap and, and, all, and all you were doing was basically working for the dollar. Mm -hmm. um, when you got to that point, you could have then, as you said, decided, well, I'm no longer in love with this. Let me turn around and go do something else. So um, what kept you from throwing in the in the towel it's a great question and so i did have a little bit of a detour before this became my full-time thing mm -hmm. um i actually was a co-founder for a tech startup okay <laughs> and so but the thing is i mean i had to pitch i had to create a pitch mm -hmm. for investors which is essentially marketing i had to find you know first users which is essentially it's marketing you know right. so i really i think it was just stepping back from that, that model, that business model that did not serve me as an entrepreneur well. I know there are plenty of people that that would be their ideal job, but for me, that just was not it. And so um, I, I, um, I ran that startup for, it was almost two years. Mm -hmm. um, and then it went the way as about 98% of all tech startups go. Um, and then I, I was like, well, wait a minute, let's go back to that webinar idea. That was the thing that had, you know, it, it still had this, this candle, this light at the end of the tunnel kind of a look for me. Um, and so that's when I got back into it. And then it became more of my full-time thing. Okay, great. So um, what a lot of people think about when they do their webinar, it's like 
a business coach will suggest to say, you should do a webinar. And they immediately get the, the sweaty palms and hyperventilating. And, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're like wet all over because they think about, this is me, just me going out there and who knows who's going to see it. And that can be really intimidating to some people. So how do you help people get past that? Yes. So I think this happens to pretty much every client I've worked with on, um, on building a webinar. Sometimes mm -hmm. it comes earlier in the process. Sometimes it's when it's done and then it hits them like, oh my gosh, what if I'm throwing a party and no one shows up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. And so what I've started doing with clients is just from the beginning, starting to ensure, I call it, oh, well, actually, it's, it, I took this phrase from someone else, or I borrowed it, um, dig the well before you're thirsty, mm -hmm. right? The book, I think, was about 20 years ago. So I have, like, I, you know, I come up with a plan for them to start digging that well when we just start working on the beginning parts of the webinar, so I like the offer itself. So then they cultivate more of an audience, a warm audience. They've, they know the social platforms that convert the best for their offer um, so that we just start getting some mechanisms in place. We start talking to influencers in their industry that might be great for joint ventures or, you know, affiliate collaborations. Mm -hmm. um, and so we start digging the well before they get to that super thirsty kind of terrified moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... So there is some pre-work that you need to go into rather than just waking up one day and saying, oh, I think I'll do a webinar and just do something. Well, I think when you give something every chance to succeed, it's just more likely to succeed, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, like we can develop the most compelling webinar in the world, but if no one ever sees it, it's, it's all for naught, you know? Um, and so I've just started building that into the process earlier to, to keep the nerves um, at a more healthy level, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As the, you know, and then I think there is a little bit of confidence. So, say someone is newer and has, you know, maybe a smaller list. As they start seeing that they can build a list, that is another form of confidence that they build into this process. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it helps to get rid of the sweaty palms on actually delivering too. Like, oh wow, people are resonating with what I have to say. They're joining me on Facebook Lives. They're opting into my lead-in, whatever you know, whatever the actual case may be. Um, right. So it, it all builds on each other. So, what was your first experience when you did your first webinar? Yes, um, I I created a course out of something that I experienced when I was running the creative agency. I felt like there were man. That season was so definitive for me in my career. I had no, you, oftentimes, right, you never know like the really defining seasons in your life, right? Until it's right. over. But I started noticing that, um, that I would kind of yeah, like get in my own way or I, I was like, I must be having some kind of thoughts, like limiting thoughts or beliefs, but I don't really know how to access those. And so I actually, um, it started out as a pet project then I turned it into a course that I called unsabotage and, and you referenced it in the bio. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was this process of helping people to actually find the thoughts, discover them because once you know they're there, it, they're just much easier, right? Right. To, to get rid of um, or change rather. It's, it's not really get rid of its change. And right. so I developed a webinar for unsabotage and I called it shattering your glass walls, right? Like step into the life you adore kind of a thing. Right. And um, I really didn't have an audience at the time. So a lot of what I do now is based on kind of what I experienced, you know, like uh -huh. as I was building my own. So I will never forget my first webinar. There were six people there, but I like before the webinar started, I was like, what if no one shows up? And so then I saw one person enter the room and then two. And I was just like, okay, all right. So I know six to some people that might, are listening might cringe to be like, that's cool. But look, I mean, looking back, it was, I don't know. It was, I was just so thankful that people were there. Mm -hmm. And so, but the thing is, it's like, I, no one's going to be like happy with staying at six. And so it became this building block just like, okay, I could get six there. Can I get 10? Can I get 20? Can I get 50? You know? Right. Um, so it just, it became what I call a one-on-one moment. Like, all right, I've taken the first course in this college degree, as it were. I've right. done one-on-one. All right, now let's just build on that. I'm not starting from scratch. I, you know, like I'll take what worked to get those six people there. Mm -hmm. God bless them. And then um, I'll just replicate more of that. 
Yes, um, I have a friend who actually owns a multi-million dollar company that had one person at his first webinar. And, but he sold millions of dollars off of that one webinar by doing the replays. So, Beautiful. Um, so what, what did it feel like when you had those six people? I mean, you said you told me a little bit, but kind of can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, and I, once I saw that there were going to be people there, I was like, well, first of all, this is happening, <laughs> you know, um, which is, it's definitely a moment to realize, yep, this, all right, yep, it's happening. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to just pretend that I'm speaking to a full stadium. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to like full on with my voice and inflections. And here's like a little a tip that I give to my clients about when they do their webinars, mm -hmm. lift your eyebrows. If you lift your eyebrows, you have a little bit more energy and bounce in your voice. I don't know how our eyebrows are attached to our voice, but they are. And oh. so I was just pulling out, you know, um, and I, I was just determined that whatever may happen, I'm going to show up for these six amazing people that made time in their busy day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm actually considering making that be the title of your podcast. I said, lift oh, your eyebrows. <laughs> It's got the intrigue working, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. And it is, it is peculiar that it, it raises your energy. Maybe it's the up, the up part. I don't know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, um, so you had six people. What happened with your next one? I had like... And that's the thing. I can't remember the exact numbers of the next ones. I just remembered that they increased. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, an overnight. I had a full like house, thousand people had to turn people away, but it continued to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to validate like, all right, this wasn't a fluke. You know, right. I did. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about what I actually did, but um, I was experimenting with using meetup. Mm -hmm. um, growing a meetup group. And so I would consistently get people to my webinars and those of my clients using meetup mm -hmm. um, and did Facebook ads. And I had a very small list, you know, small but mighty list um, that just I continued to, to do again what worked. And if uh -huh. for whatever reason, if it worked the first time but didn't work the second time, I'm like, maybe it was just a fluke or maybe it was the right person at the right time. You know, so it's, it's we're scientists, aren't we? Yes. As entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. we're just constantly doing experiments, constantly. So, did, did you find the amount of time that you spent in the meetup worth what you were spending doing? Did did it pan out so that you, the time that you spent in your meetup made it so that it was valuable enough on the other side? Yes, yes, and not only for the reasons that you might think, like direct to sale, mm -hmm. but I was able to connect with other meetup hosts. Mm -hmm. um, and cultivate really good relationships there mm -hmm. and be like able to provide real value to if I'm maybe courting an influencer on behalf of my clients mm -hmm. um, and they have an actual live event, I can offer like, oh, hey, let me post it on my meetup group. I'll, I'll send people your way because if it's in the right area and I'm able to give a genuine value add um, so I, um, and actually we're not even living where I first started the meetup groups, but I'm able to continually help out other entrepreneurs and influencers in that area, pointing this beautiful community of people to, to high quality events. And that really is, I guess, at the end of the day, what meetup is about, but just even if you're not physically there, you're not physically the one booking out venues. I think meetup is a great way to build your professional network. Good. Um, I appreciate the, the input on that. I've had some other guests who have had different opinions. So it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to give people a well-rounded um, feeling about what the experience has been with Meetup. So, um, so the first webinar that you started, the, the was it? Un, Unsabotage. Was Unsabotage. The do you still do it? You know, I'm in the process of retooling the entire course mm -hmm. based on some great feedback. And then also... I, I would say even about three months in, I was like, this should be converting a little higher. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no, there's no shortage of interest. When people hear what it's about, they're like, oh my gosh, tell me more. 
But when it came down to actually purchasing, the conversion rate wasn't as high as I thought it would be. And so I was like, something is happening. Mm -hmm. And I had this nagging thought in the back of my mind. And I was like, what if it is a status thing? What mm -hmm. if people are having to admit, having to pay, um, you know, at the time it was being sold for $9.97, mm -hmm. $1,000 to admit that they're sabotaging themselves. Oh. But people don't want to lower their status and pay to do so. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what if I reposition the promise of the course? Because there were plenty of people that, um, and especially when I went through a beta, I had a wide variety of, of specifically women, but wide variety. And I found that a large portion of them were finding ways to be able to optimize their life. So to move forward, not necessarily, um, it's more up and to the right, I guess is the best way to say it. So not trying to fend off negative or manage negative, but more towards like, what if I want to move this forward? So I was planning, I'm planning on changing the name, kind of the positioning of it um, to more and uh, I hope this is helpful for your audience because this was something that took about a year for me to work through. So I hope, like, I hope you know, listen to the thought process. But um, I'm going to be calling it Thoughtalytics. So <laughs> allowing people, because we as entrepreneurs, and that, that, that it really is um, my ideal client, mm -hmm. um, we can look at sales page conversions. We can look at email opt-in rates. We can look at webinar registrations or attendees. We can look at... Um, actual conversion. So sales, we can see all kinds of analytics in our business, mm -hmm. but right now we're incapable. Or we don't have a mechanism for looking at the analytics of the supercomputer that actually runs our business or i.e. our mind. Right. And so um, it is all about, um, yeah. So I'm just in the process of retooling. Um, the process, the thing is, I hope, I hope your audience finds this valuable the process is actually still the same. Mm -hmm. It is just the, the way that we look at it to use it. Um, yeah, well, the focus has shifted from, uh, yeah. from something that could be perceived as a negative to a positive. So yeah. 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 And, um, and people are very much interested in mindset right now. It's mm -hmm. thank goodness. <laughs> I know it's so important though. It really is. Yeah. It really, I yeah. mean, obviously we could yeah, spend all day, but <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how do you think, how do you think webinars can help different people depending on what their, um, what their business structure is? Yes. Such a good question. So I think if there is anyone out there that's listening to this, that was, is in a certain place, like I was when I was running the creative agency, it's maybe more like my time is I cannot afford to take on any more clients help. <laughs> I think webinars are a great way to sell a leveraged but high quality product to free up time, mental space, bandwidth, and all manner of businesses. I know we are very familiar with it in like the business development, learning, coaching, personal development, mindset space. Mm -hmm. um, but I see it entering into a lot, um, many other sectors that you might not imagine. Mm -hmm. So right now, I am actually in conversations. I can't say, say too many details, but I'll give you the industry. I'm talking with someone about doing a, a webinar for a roofing company. Interesting. I know. I would have never thought that. And I've had conversations about um, um, AT, or ATM franchises, mm -hmm. you know, ATM businesses. And so I've seen webinars expand into several different business models. Mm -hmm. It might be leveraging practices that maybe we're more familiar with, but it's, it's becoming more and more mainstream out of the online marketing, you might say, kind of a world where I think it's just lumped in right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it can add time back to any business owner's life. I think it can add additional revenue streams, which I think as, as business owners, we should always be looking to increase the number of places where we get leads, where we get revenue, right? Um, I encourage my clients to have 10 and that can be 10 um, lead sources for your webinar, but I think it can be applied even higher, just like 10 lead sources or even 10 revenue streams for your business. So you're not entirely dependent on just one branch of your tree. 
Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I think putting together a webinar really forces experts to, to condense what they believe mm-hmm. um, into um, not only fewer words, because I know we, we all have hours of content, we could probably say, right? right. Hours. Mm-hmm. But, but not only that, um, it also, I'm a huge believer in including stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that facts tell stories sell, right? I don't know who to credit to that, but that's just that I know, I know, I know from experience that that's the case. And so if people can see themselves in someone who's hosting a webinar, they're just much more likely to say like, these people understand me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always a great exercise and um, for business owners to be able to really um, develop their story library. Mm-hmm. And those stories are not just for webinar use. They can be used in emails and social media and whatever. And so it just all together makes someone's marketing message stronger. So mm-hmm. I think for every reason in the world, whether someone calls it a webinar, I know there's a lot of, I get a lot of like, wait, don't people like, do people watch webinars anymore? Absolutely. Absolutely. But sometimes they're called master classes or workshops or trainings, you know, whatever word resonates with you the most, the idea Mm-hmm. of a, um, a really powerful training that goes to a high leveraged offer can help, I think, pretty much any business. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you. We're going to take a small break now and please come back and we'll finish our conversation with Jenny Townsend, who is a marketing expert. And we'll be right back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And we are talking with Ginny Townsend, who spent over a decade helping organizations of all shapes and sizes draw out their unique gold, allowing them to connect quickly with their ideal clients. We're talking about webinars. So, um, Jenny, how do you think, well, you just stated back in the other section where webinars can help all sectors and it is branching out. Um, then that also then, how do you keep your webinar from becoming like Jane's webinar from becoming like Sarah's webinar from, how do you keep them from all becoming exactly the same? So I know that I have personally a, um, it's a, it's kind of a filter and it's my BS filter, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I get to a point of where it's like, Oh, it's one of those and I turn mm-hmm. it off. So mm-hmm. how do you avoid that? Oh, so good. All right. Um, and I really do think it is all about understanding the gold that you offer. And it's so funny because I'm, I'm on a ton of email lists that, mm-hmm. of people that bring in webinars because I'm, I still like, I'm, still like I listen to them on higher speed, <laughs> you know, but I still want to see what are people doing. And I can tell you, like, I know exactly like when I look at the, the bullet points or what they're going to be covering, I'm like, I know exactly what that offer is. And mm-hmm. nope. Um, <clears throat> so, but being able to understand your ideal audience and knowing the gold that you offer, I think um, that's the starting point. And then from there, it really has to do with the offer. So, mm-hmm. Most people, most of my clients, in fact, when they come to me, they're like, okay, I'm selling a course or I'm selling a certification or whatever. It's like, okay, great. That's 
a product. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not an offer, you right. know, mm-hmm. let's, let's develop it. There's a certain kind of offer that does really well on webinars. And, um, and I think that if like, uh, the webinar itself, so the intro, the, like the main, the meat of the webinar, I think that could be B grade, but if it has an A plus offer, mm-hmm. it will convert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if people stay on long enough, <laughs> you know, to be fair. Um, and so I think if you have an offer that your audience is craving, you're solving a problem for them that they, they understand very clearly. They can see how you, what you do fits into their life and makes their life better. Um, I think people, I think that's the difference, period, mm-hmm. period. So if you know who your audience is, you know what makes you, like me different from all of the other, the James, the Sues, you know, the Peters, the Pauls, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and your offer will be the thing that stands apart. So you said that there's a, a difference between a webinar and an offer. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit, please? Yes. So the webinar itself is like, there's this structure of like, you need to build a little bit of credibility, a sense of like, Hey, I know what I'm talking about, but I also know where you are in your intro. And then depending on who you ask, and I actually use a couple different models for the, the main part of the webinar based on, based on the client. Mm-hmm. So it can be dispelling false beliefs or it can actually be training whatever it is. Um, and then the offer. So that whole thing is the webinar, but the mm-hmm. offer itself is where you take a look at what your core deliverable is. I actually ask my products to not use the word, or I'm sorry, I ask my clients to not use the word product. Mm-hmm. What's your core deliverable? All right, that's a course. All right, let's think about what are the reasons that someone might say no, or what, if someone has this course, what resource or template or checklist or Rolodex, to use a dated word, but <laughs> one that has not had a replacement. There's not a replacement, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, what, what are the other ways that you can help your student succeed in, um, around your core deliverable? And mm-hmm. here's something that I, I also say a lot to my clients is, I think that we have already moved from an information age to an implementation age. Because I, like I said at the beginning, we get a couple hundred thousand inputs a day <laughs> into our brain. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're, we're just drinking from a fire hose when it comes to information and we don't value information like we used to. Um, I've heard that our, in our attention span in the late 80s was about 22 minutes and now it's about seven seconds. Wow. Because I think our brain is just like, nope, don't need it, don't need it, don't, nope, 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 you know, mm-hmm. let's swipe left on that. Um, but so that's information. And I think, um, I think we, as, as practitioners, as experts, we love our information. We love it. We, you know, we, we, we geek out on our information, mm-hmm. but I think in order for it to transform into our students' lives, we need to bring some kind of implementation to it. So I actually just, I don't allow any of my clients to have a strictly informational um, offer on their webinar. There needs to be some kind of, whether it's a, a little bit higher ticket and something is done for you, or there's, there's templates or there's whatever there is, but it needs to have implementation within the offer itself. Does that make sense? Um, well, so I was going to ask for clarification on that. So yeah. I've, I've heard people say that, uh, that it's really important that you occasionally just do an educational webinar with no offer. What is your thought about that? I, I think that's interesting. I see that done a lot with internal. Um, I've had conversations with corporate clients mm-hmm. who they, they don't want to sell to their employees. They want, they want ongoing training for mm-hmm. their employees. So I think if you have ongoing webinars for your clients, for your students, I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I would just, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if our training is that good to to spend an hour or an hour and a half even training, but then not giving people the opportunity to take it further mm-hmm. or to see the whole picture. You know, mm-hmm. I, could, I could in 90 minutes map out my exact process for doing a webinar, but I know that that won't really help a mm-hmm. lot of people. I think mm-hmm. they'll just be like, 
uh, that's so much work. <laughs> I'm, I don't know where to start. I don't know. I'm not going to do it, you know? And so I think sometimes, I think training does really well inside a paid product. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think, yeah. So how do you let somebody on a webinar know um, that you are an authority, that you have credibility and that you have an expert status? Because there is, I, I can't even come up with a number as to how much information bits there are on the internet. And I can search all over the world and come up with a coach in something um, mm -hmm. for yes. how do you establish the difference between uh, somebody who really knows what they're talking about and somebody who doesn't? How do you, so I guess what I'm not asking, how do I do that when I'm searching for somebody? How do I present myself mm -hmm. that I am not that person that doesn't know what they're doing? So you are the, you are the expert. So I am the expert. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think that you can approach this in a few different ways. So it's almost like having different fronts on a battlefield and I would actually mm -hmm. highly recommend it. So you might want to include a really strong testimonial from a client. Mm -hmm. um, then maybe like if you were featured in Huffington post or something on a related topic mm -hmm. or, um, or if um, like, like I hosted an online summit for, um, women entrepreneurs last year. And that actually opened up a lot of doors. Um, provided, it provided a little bit of authority for, for women entrepreneurs just mm -hmm. in that, the fact that I had hosted an event. So I think um, if, if you have a couple kind of, I think, think of it as legs of a stool start mm -hmm. to build your credibility. And especially like if you've authored a book and it obviously if it relates, mention that. But I think there's not one specific thing like you don't have to have a photo with Tony Robbins or something mm -hmm. like that you know like how some people like and I mean granted if you do have a photo with a celebrity that your audience would recognize why not why not capitalize on that but I think right. that there are a lot of other very authentic genuine ways to show your audience that you are the expert again like through testimonials you mentioned that you author a book do you host a podcast have you been published on you know major platforms have you have you hosted an event in that space, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yes, because oftentimes, uh, because you had all of those experts on a summit that you were hosting, that obviously, that puts you on a different level. It's kind of like you're up here uh, at the top and they are, um, they're coming um, to you to work with you, which gives you the credibility, kind of riding on their shoulders, I guess until you exactly. establish your own. So yeah, exactly. that's, that's great. So, um, so what can our audience learn about resilience <laughs> from mm -hmm. this? Yes. So good. So good. Such a good question. Such a good topic. I think that, um, I think that if we approach anything that we do, obviously specifically here, webinars as if you do something for the first time, just know that it is, it's your 101. It's your first class in college. It's your first stab at this, knowing that whatever will go right, there will probably be something that will go wrong, but that you can, you can learn from whatever went wrong and fix it. And you can optimize whatever worked and, and, and move it forward, lean on it even more. Mm -hmm. um, so, so don't be discouraged if you don't get the 100% um, the first time around. Because it really is, I think, <laughs> I heard a gentleman named um, Garrett White, mm -hmm. I think it was Garrett White, <clears throat> say, you need to suck at something long enough until you're good at something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? okay. And I think, you know, like you just need to be like, yeah. So I, I just, I don't know, very memorable, right? But, right? but just knowing that the first time or the second time or even the third time that you do a webinar, those will probably be your three worst webinars ever get them out of the way, <laughs> get them done, you know, and then you'll be able to like, you'll have established a little bit more of where your traffic will be coming from. You'll be able to have a benchmark of what your percentage of show up, your percentage of conversions. You'll, you'll have those numbers that mm -hmm. only happen when you immerse in something. Like if, if you're going to dabble in something, you'll never really get good at anything. Right? Like right. that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. That's the secret. That's the keys to the kingdom right there. Um, so, so it is just being brave enough, knowing like, like your friend who had one person at his first webinar, but has sold multi-millions of dollars with that same webinar since then he was resilient. He kept showing up, he kept doing the webinar and then eventually was able to do a replay. 
Okay, but what happens if somebody really doesn't show up? What if you really do do a webinar and you put all the work into it? Because really, you know, getting the slides together and, and um, making sure that the graphics are all the way you want them to be and your script is correct and you, you don't lose track of yourself, that's a lot of work. So it is. what advice do you have for people once nobody does show up? It's over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so I think because you never know if someone's going to hop in 10 minutes late. Mm -hmm. Here's something I've heard a lot of people are just like, I, if I'm going to watch a webinar, I don't want to hear the intro part. That's something that I've heard a lot. And a lot of people do jump in at 10 minutes or 15. They're like, eh, it's probably mostly over. It's just going to be like the training and then the offer. That's what I'm there for. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it was a warm introduction, like maybe they're on someone else's email list. And that, that influencer said, hey, there's this webinar. It's like, all right, they've probably already vetted them. I don't care. I just want to know, like, I want to get a sense of who you are with your training. Right. <clears throat> so you never know who's going to turn up at the 10 or 15 minute point. Mm -hmm. They can be some of your best buyers. Another okay. group of your best buyers are the people that register for the webinar that have no intention of showing up live because they have things with their kids that night or they have a work commitment it's during the day or whatever but they register so they can get access to the replay. Mm -hmm. So give it your all. You're just picture that you are speaking to an entirely filled stadium. You are delivering at the highest value because you just never know who's going to jump in or who's going to watch the replay. And then also if you have a top notch webinar, even if no one showed up live, you can use that thing on a replay. You can use it on demand. Mm -hmm. um, in perpetuity. So you're creating an asset. So if no one shows up, just know that you will be able to use this webinar, that even that one recording for months, if not even a couple years. Mm -hmm. And um, you can always, you should always give another webinar too. So if it does, right. if no one shows up the first time, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Do it again. People will show up. What do you do with a replay when it has a, a time limited offer on it though? That's a great question. Um, and it, it's a totally, it's a, there's a few different, there's just strategies and there's different strategies that work for different business models. So if someone's starting a class that has a fixed time frame, you know, like let's say, um, you know, we start at the beginning of the month and we go for the next six weeks all together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course you can't authentically, um, do the replay during a point at which no one can take you up on your offer. That doesn't, mm -hmm. that's just a waste. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have something that's evergreen where people can jump in at any time, I think that's where webinars on demand play really well. Mm -hmm. um, or if you know that you're going to be, if you launch your web, like let's say you launch your course, let's say it's a six week course, everyone goes through it together. If you launch that thing every quarter, so four times a year, once you have a webinar that converts, you don't need to keep redoing it unless you're finding, um, if, unless you're finding new testimonials or something about the course, you're iterating and up-leveling your own course, of right. course, right? But but you're creating an asset. So you can still, even if it doesn't fit the true evergreen um, description, like whatever you're selling, mm -hmm. you can always use it in the future. Okay, good to know. So um, when people learn about your work, what are some of the most common questions they ask you? <laughs> it is always like, what if no one shows up? And then um, also, are people watching webinars anymore? Um, and it, yeah, those are, and I mean, I, I think it's just, it's one of those things that if you hear people saying like, oh, oh, this is overdone or this is overdone, you might be in an industry where some kind of model is overdone or some kind of product like you were talking about earlier you can just sniff the bs you're like no <laughs> that's been played out i know what they're talking about that's not that's a dated whatever they're selling is dated mm -hmm. but um but webinars i think are here to stay and they're essentially online presentations of mm -hmm. like live talks you know and so i think people will always be able to sell from stage People will always be able to sell online. And I just, I think that there's something about the webinar model. It mm -hmm. is second only to that, that face-to-face -face live sales presentation. I don't think that there is a, a better, like a closer um, uh, comparison that allows you to be able to speak directly to ideal clients, um, show humanity, 
say ums every now and then, like I do, you know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't affect conversion rates. <laughs> um, it really doesn't. I mean, obviously tighten up and be your best, but, but, but it shows your humanity, you know, and I really, I love that, that webinars offer that, um, for experts to connect to their audience. So people are watching webinars. I, and I do not see that, that trend changing. Um, I'm going to add a caveat. I've seen a lot of people do webinar style presentations as Facebook lives. So there's no opt-in, but they're still selling. That's still, I consider that still a webinar, you know? Mm -hmm. So if it's on any kind of live social and it's still the same format, it's a webinar. It's, mm -hmm. and they're crushing it. People are crushing it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then the whole, what if, what if I throw a party and no one shows up? That is one of the biggest, um, like I said, it's just, and it's something that kind of like bubbles under the surface unless it's addressed during the creation process. Yeah, I think that's, it's kind of like a rejection. It, it's like, I take it personally, not, yes. not that maybe I, I decided I was going to do a webinar in the middle of the solar eclipse and everybody's out watching that instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that I, um, you know, my timing may not have been good with my marketing or whatever, it, but, but nevertheless, when, when nobody shows up, it still feels like something is wrong with me. Without question. Yeah. without question. And I have done webinars where no one shows up, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I, afterwards, and I was just like, <sighs> wow, that, that marketing effort or this date, whatever, something, something about it, mercury, whatever the phrase is. Mercury <laughs> is, in retrograde. <laughs> in retrograde like, yes. Who knows, right? But like something was off tonight, but I was like, I'm still going to give it my all because the replays and stuff. And then, you know, like, I'll be honest with you. I'll shut the webinar down and like, I cried because it's, it's hard to take things like, it's hard to not take things like that personal. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the thing is I still made sales on the replay. So it's like, well, okay. So, um, I know. And especially as women entrepreneurs, I think we take our work very personal because mm -hmm. it's personal to us. Right. So, um, and I do think that that is a part of the resilience, building that, that resilience in what I call marketing stamina, just like keep, keep doing it, keep doing it, build that muscle. Don't stop. You will, you will hit that pivot moment. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. So, um, so what is your best advice to web people who are planning their very first webinar and are a little bit concerned about it? About filling it or about creating it? Either. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'll focus on filling it because that's what I hear the most. Okay. <laughs> don't rely on one traffic source. Um, so start digging that well before you're thirsty. You know, as you're starting to work on the webinar or you're building the course or whatever, it's never too early to, to um, start digging that well. And there's this Chinese proverb that I love. It's like, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. <laughs> right. And then it's like, the second best time is now, you know. Mm -hmm. but, um, but plant that tree, dig that well, start getting the momentum going mm -hmm. and people will show up. They will show up, you know, and maybe even if it's not the first time, it'll be the second time because so man, there's so many things I could share. <laughs> like trying to be like, what, what would be the most helpful? I think um, the title of your webinar is one of your first defenses. Mm -hmm. um, being really clear on the benefit that, the trans the ultimate transformation offers mm -hmm. and speak to that. Um, I would not call your webinar the name of your class because people don't yet value that class, right? Mm -hmm. right? What is the transformation? What are the, what is the pain they're looking to avoid or the pleasure they're looking to move towards and speak to that. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so title is definitely, I think one of the most important components of the webinar, getting people there. Mm -hmm. And then once they are there, it's the offer. Mm -hmm. It's the offer. Understand, is there any way that I could help my incredible future students help them implement what I teach? So right now I'm working with a lady. She, um, she has a, a coaching practice that she combines a lot of um, like chakras and mm -hmm. yoga into her coaching. And even though she's more specifically for business like that she's more of a business coach she's brought in yoga philosophy into it and so what we created was um a meditation 
to, to get them into the state to, to do the work to be more effective when they actually do the work in the course. So mm -hmm. in my mind, I consider that that implementation. That's, you know, it's kind of a way to anchor like, all right, I'm in that mode. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure she'll have it, it. The webinar hasn't yet launched, but mm -hmm. I'm sure she will have really great success stories because we're help. We're thinking about her students implementation already. And that's also her point of differentiation as well. It is. Because most people don't do that. So exactly. yeah, awesome. Yep. Yep. So how can people get in contact with you? Well, I, um, there's a couple different ways. Um, if you want to go over to JennyTownsend.com, pretty much all of the calls to action are to book a, a call with me. Um, so if you have any questions or if you want to see if we're a good fit, that would be the most direct place. So what I additionally offer, because I have so many people ask about filling that virtual room, I have created a freebie for your incredible listeners, and it is over at fillthevirtualroom.com, oddly enough. <laughs> and they are, they are the, my, my top five best practices for filling the virtual room. And wonderful. So it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very generous. Thank you very much, Jenny. Of course. So um, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I really appreciate you hanging in there in spite of all the snafus. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know that we are, we are resilient right now, right? And it was an honor. It was so much fun to talk with you. Well, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate the insights that you've given. I know that webinars are things that freak people out. Just mm -hmm. frankly, they do. So it's yeah. nice to know that there's an expert out there. And I recommend to my uh, listeners that you get in contact with Jenny. At, at the very least, uh, take advantage of her generous gift. And we will talk to you later. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries, and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.